This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. I'm editor-at-large for Mississippi Today. I'm host of Television's Conversations. May is National Foster Care Month, and in honor, we, the honor of it, we're going to welcome our guest. We have foster child activist. Just, I mean, she does a zillion different things. Really can't wait to talk about her life. April Big, Big, Bigham is in the studio. I'm on the roll already. We also have Mandy Bufkin, who's the community, community engagement manager for Methodist Children's Homes. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, too. And we've got a great um, event coming up. It's the second annual exclusive Sori in fashion show. And we'll talk with April in a minute about that. And, of course, Michelle is in the studio as well. A lot of, lot of news to cover uh, today. Of course, number one, I guess, is we have another royal baby to feed now. <laughs> God, they're, yes. they're all over the place. They're like kutsu. I they're know. going to The rabbits. Duke and Duchess of uh, Sussex. Mm-hmm. Sussex. Uh, Sussex. Yeah. <laughs> That's my job to mispronounce things. Not oh, yeah, no. Sussex. No. Uh-huh. Megan uh, Markell yes. and uh, Prince Harry. Uh, their marriage last year brought historic change to Britain's royal family. And, of course, today their first baby was born. They have a boy. Seventh um, in the line to the throne. Yes. That's that's big. I know he doesn't understand who he is right now, but that is huge. Yeah, he that won a lottery because he really think about it. He's seventh in the line for throne, which means he's probably never going to be king. Right. But that gets he gets all the cool perks. And it could yeah. happen. Get a free jaguar. You watch Game you know. of Thrones. I mean, my God, it could happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Game of Thrones. It, I could. <laughs> it could happen. You never I just know. I'm just picturing Prince uh, Harry and I don't know. Winter's coming. That's, that's pretty funny, funny. That's funny. But yeah, you know what they they're saying. And this is the first interracial baby in the monarchy's recent uh, history. So, I mean, that's big. Right. Usually it's just English and French right. back and forth if you talk about the English throne. I will say this, though. If anybody's followed his life and his story, of course, we all that iconic image of him following along behind his mother's casket publicly in front of billions of people watching, which, of course, caused untold amount of damage. And he's been very open about it, about his depression and about some because, you know, some of the annex that he had early on were a lot of it was just him acting out. Right. But he's become a real advocate for people with with mental illness and with depression. And he's really become he's kind of comfortable in his own skin now. And it's really fun to watch him. But I heard a quick snippet from him uh Announcing the baby, of course, they're being very private about it, which I think is kind of cool, too, uh, trying to have a little bit of normalcy to this whole process, because I know it can be a complete three-ring circus. But the guy sounds completely ecstatic about having a kid, and he seems to like kids anyway. Every time you see him, he's always down, you know, gets down their level, and he talks to them and everything. So, I mean, good for him. You know, I mean, I'm not, I mean, we fought a revolution. I'm American, yay. You know, July 4th, that's my day. But, you know, I mean, I was over in England last year, got to go to Windsor Castle, got to sit in the chapel where he got married and listen to an Evensong concert. And that's really kind of cool. And I like the queen, too, because she's, what, 99 million years old. And she's still out there. And and I tell you what, she faced down Hitler. I think she can handle just about anybody that comes in her face now. She's pretty tough. And uh, so, I mean, I'm happy for it. It's good news. I am, too. Um, And I hope they have much success and the baby's healthy and happy. Um, Also, uh, this day in history, (laughs) uh, since, you know, I know Kevin would like this fact. Mm -hmm. He's a baseball person. But uh, since it's baseball season, in 1915, Babe Ruth hit his first major league home run 
as a player for the Boston Red Sox today. And the worst trade in the history of man <laughs> than, than to send him to the, to the Yankees. So there you go. Well, Speaking yeah. of Yankees. So there you go. True. Hey, uh, of course, you watched the Kentucky Derby this weekend. No. I, you didn't. No. Oh, come on. You didn't have your big hat on or no, anything? Okay. I did not. Well, if you had, be- <laughs> if you had bet eight bucks on Country Horse, which is the horse that ended up winning it, you would have won $78,000. For eight dollars. Well, what That's happened good. was okay. Maximum Security won it, mm-hmm. but they said he inter- interfered, so they reversed it. And so the thing is, here's my question. Wait, wait they say who interfered? They, no, they said that Maximum Security interfered. That oh. the jockey and everything interfered on the on the final, uh-huh. which people in the stands didn't believe it. They were booing, and so yeah. they disqualified him. So could you imagine? You win the Kentucky Derby. Mm-hmm. You're the owner of this horse. There's nine million dollars bet on this horse. Boom, it's gone. Just like. Snap your fingers. I wonder, is that going to go away? I mean, like, oh. is that over? Well, my question is, if they can catch a horse with interference, why can't they catch... The president and no. his whole cabinet. No, 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 no. no. Mm. Los Angeles Rams. Why can't the NFL oh, Rams? That, yeah, that was... Okay. Yeah, exactly. We've got to go back See, I to went, that. I went a little so higher. So you, you went political. I did. But you did. You and know, that's my job, to go political normally, but I didn't on this case. But you think about it. You know, like you said, a horse and all that kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. they're going to call it back, but we just can't get it right in... Um, oh, we can't get no, we can't get anything right. You know, that's that's how we roll. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Now there really was a guy who, in Las Vegas who bet eight bucks and he won seventy eight thousand dollars. It was him. a sixty five to one long shot. Mm. So it's like, oh, I got eight dollars. I'm just going to flush it down right. the toilet. Right. You know. Dang. You know what? Good luck. I know he's happy today. I would think he would be. Well, this Friday, I get to MC Pepsi Pops, which yes. is really a lot of fun. Doing the pre-show with, uh, actually, you were doing with, um, um, you're doing with Dave Roberts now, right? Yeah, I don't know. Ma- did Maggie cut it's, bus? Maggie was on there, and then now, and then they changed it. I had him on the yeah. show Friday. Yeah. So, uh, but she did that last year too. Right. Maggie, Maggie, Maggie's all over the place. She is. So Dave Roberts. I did is it with Dave last year too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dave's great. He's so. he's very very. Either personable. one, you'll have fun. I know. Maggie's <laughs> just like kind of like you know. Um, Hope you guys have great weather. We were talking about it Friday. I had Maestro on um, on the show. And yeah. He was talking about the Crafton's music. Crafton's good people. He is. With the music they're going to play and things like that. It's just mm-hmm. a lot of fun with the food and the fireworks at the end. And it's just a great night. You know, when I first moved here, I moved here from San Diego, California. And that was like one of the first things that we did when we were in town. And so you're sitting there on this hill. There's the big body of water. And it kind of reminded us of San Diego a little mm-hmm. bit. And since then, of course, we've had children. we got three kids now and watched. And they've kind of grown up out there because it's this great family event where kids are running around, they're having fun. And I remember sitting there, though, and I think Orly Hood was was emceeing it back then. And Orly, of course, I bless his soul. He's 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 passed on. But he's one of the greatest writers, I think, that ever came out of the Clarion Ledger. Just fantastic columnist. And he was emceeing it. And I just looked at my wife and I said, I hope I get to emcee this someday. And I've done it, oh, good, about 12, 15 times now. So it's been really a lot of fun. Look so. at that. Look at that. I know, and April's phone's going off right now talking. Uh, so we're going to just. You know, it's funny. Uh, we can actually always... kick her out of here if she's <laughs> going to start. We could do that. Yeah. Uh, we talk about, uh, I think, someone this weekend at my other radio station, we were talking about speaking things into existence and mm-hmm. how you say you want something and it happens. I think so. But I always say what I want and late, not lately, but my life, the way it's been going i want this i want this i focus on it i if it's a house i want i drive by that house if it's a car yeah. i want i go on the lot and i take a picture of the car and i took a picture of the car and i have the car i mean things literally are happening like that for me so it's like that's very important to say what you want 
Ten, well, can, uh, can you take a picture ten. of me and say, I want Marshall to have a million dollars? That'd be that. great that if you've got that kind of superpower. <laughs> but, you know, you're right. The language that we use matters mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. And, and I just sent out a tweet about this this morning. A lot of times we say, God, I've got to go to work today or I've got to do or, this I project. I don't want to. Right. Or, but what you, mm-hmm. how you reframe that is you're like, I get to go to work mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. and I get to work on a project because suddenly you've taken something that's negative and you've turned it into an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, think about this. I know a lot of people, everybody in this room that's looking at me right now, we've all said this. Our studio audience. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get up in the morning. And that is not what we need to say. I do. You do not want to say I don't want to get up in the morning because everybody doesn't get up. They don't wake up in the morning. We are blessed to wake up in the morning and see another day. So actually, I stopped saying that a long time ago. I don't lay down like, oh, my God, I don't want to, you know, do this. or I don't want to do that. Like you said, just change your wordage, make it positive and positive things will happen. I've got a seven inch scar on my back from cancer. And after that scar showed up, every morning I say, I get another opportunity. I get another sunrise. Mm-hmm. And that's how I start my day. It's, it's literally the attitude of gratitude. And it sounds corny. It sounds hokey. But I think one of the biggest things I do every day is get my feet on the ground and get moving. And since then, I set an alarm every night, but I usually wake up 10 minutes before the alarm every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to go. Now, are there bad days? Yes, because mm-hmm. that's the way I'm wired, unfortunately. I've got a big old cloud over my head. Mm-hmm. But that said... I mean, it's like I'm just every day I'm just kind of pinching myself going, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. Speaking of that, segue to Dr. Susan Butchers tomorrow. I am actually the producer of that show now, and we are going to talk about resentment tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. We're going to talk about resentment and what it does, what it is. Some people think resentment is... uh, not forgiving. Yeah. It's, it's a little different. So tune in to Southern Remedy tomorrow at 11 o'clock with Dr. Susan Butchers. We're relatively speaking. I am going to tune on that one. I need do. to hear that. We're going to talk about resentment tomorrow. It's going to be a great show. Ramsey is Scottish for holding grudge. <laughs> so I definitely need to hear that one. And this one goes out to Marshall Ramsey tomorrow. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I guess we'll take a quick break and come back with our Why don't fabulous. we take a quick That'd be great. We have yeah. great guests. April Bigham's in the house and also, too, Mandy Buffkin. So we got a full studio today and we got a great show. And I tell you what, we're going to be talking about blessings and paying them forward. You're going to love this show. Of course, you can be part of it. Give us a call at 877-672-7464. That's 877-MPB-RING. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Traveling through Oxford or Tupelo, stuck in traffic in Jackson or Meridian, or cruising along the coast in Biloxi or Ocean Springs, MPB goes with listeners wherever they go. Your company's message can go along, too. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting to find out how. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns.
All right, welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Look, today our guest is actress, model, caregiver, foster care activist, and if we really listed everything she does, we could probably fill up the whole show. Just an amazing person. April Bigham's in the studio. We also have Mandy Buffkin, who is the community engagement manager for Methodist Children's Home. Um, April's here today to talk a little bit about her story of triumph. And we, we've just had a great conversation off the air, so hopefully we can replicate it on the air. So, April, welcome to the show. Good morning. Man, I tell you what, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Okay. We're, we're very full of gratitude, aren't we? <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. You know, you and I were talking about it. You, you've had a tough childhood, and I'm going to get you to touch on that a little bit. But mm-hmm. um, I think you've just kind of come to the realization that's made you who you are today, which apparently is somebody pretty special, so... Yes, every everything we go through in life, those are our blueprints for who we are today. And we still are creating our blueprints, things that happen to us even as adults, yeah. things we go through. You know, a year from now, we're not the same person that we are today. So right. we're ever changing and evolving. Right. So mm-hmm. go ahead and introduce yourself. How would you describe yourself today? Um, My name is April Bigham, mm-hmm. and I am a caregiver. A caregiver. I like that. I like that. It started in Champlain, Illinois. Champaign, Illinois. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. How many years ago? Well, am I not allowed to ask that, am I? No, That's it's okay. It's been a few years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So talk, how long, you lived there most of your life, grew most up there. Most of my life. Yeah. That's and, my hometown. And you were awarded the state. Yes, I was awarded the state starting at age one. Wow. What happened? My biological mother passed. Oh, wow. And um, my father was wasn't in the picture at the time. Yeah. So um, my it's really a sad story. I have a sister, a biological sister, Do you? and um, we were torn apart. So it's it's a long story, but I'll make it short. And so she was taken back to um, Missouri, yeah. and I was left in um, Illinois. And put in the foster care system. Have you been able to reconnect with her? I have. Wow. Mm-hmm. What, what was that like? Well, when I met her, I was 13. Yeah. And so it was it was awkward. Yeah, because being 13 to is awkward other, to begin right. with. Yeah. <laughs> so she's about three years older than I am. Okay. And um, she's she's a pretty cool girl. Yeah, and it is kind of funny because I know the way my sisters are. I mean, mm-hmm. it's even though we're all very different, we're all much the same. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like having an owner's manual. Right. Yeah. You can like, <laughs> right. yeah, I've got this quirk. Oh, I've got and, it too. Right. Yeah. She told me the other day I was doing an interview and something I did with my lips. She's like, girl, you, I can tell we're sisters because you do the same thing. So we're still getting to know each other. So you were awarded the state, which meant you were in f- several foster homes. Yes. So my time in foster care um, from age one to 17 included 17 group, 17 foster homes and one group home. How can you get any kind of nurturing and love when you were bouncing around like that? I mean, obviously you had some good families, but you probably had some nightmare stories, too. Oh, nightmare isn't the word. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I had um, I was blessed with a foster mother that had me for eight years. Yeah. She was amazing. She nurtured and loved me unconditionally. And she put all the goodness in me that I needed to 
that it's you know what what's put in you comes out when you grow up. So she put all that good old school love in me. So when you hugged her, did you feel her wings on the back? Oh man, because <laughs> yep. she sounds like she was an angel. She was. She really was. Was this later on in your life or early in, in your life? Early three. Okay. She got me at the age of three. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. I stayed with her until I was eleven. So when you're seventeen and you're getting out of the system, and you had a child about that point, didn't you? I had a child. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you were basically still a kid, and you had a kid. Right. And then you were like, oh, I've got a whole new world ahead of me. What do I do? Right. Um, so the foster care system at that time, they had a program set up where um, they helped us get jobs yeah. in, a, in apartments. And um, I was able to do that. I went through that program, and I worked and had my own place. And um, just became an adult yeah. in society. Just like somebody flipped a switch one yep. day. Oh, just, I'm grown boom. up now. You know, and I was emancipated um, at 17. At 17. Mm-hmm. So you were pretty much on your own at that point. And, well, I was on my own well, well yeah. before. I'm about to say, you probably were, yeah. you know, six going on, on yeah. 17 at that point. Well, when you're out at that point, what did you decide to do? I mean, you're thinking, okay, I guess I have to make a living and I've got a mouth to feed. What do I do? Well, you're just on autopilot yeah. and just kind of dealing with life and yeah. what it's handing you and not quite knowing how to deal with it. We touched on that a little bit before the show. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have childhood trauma like that, mm-hmm. it literally puts you in fight or flight mode the, for the rest of your life. So I would imagine at this point you were a major fight or flight mode because oh, you were yeah. fighting. Mm-hmm. You, you were fighting because you, you couldn't run. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So every the the one thing that um, was in me was I have a mama bear mentality with my children. Right. I'm very protective and to a fault. Um, I was very overprotective with my children, and I wanted to make sure they didn't experience anything, anything like I experienced. Yeah. Um, so I was constantly in a fight to protect them, to be there for them, you know, as much as I could. So what did you do? What did you start to do? You went to school, or what did you decide to do for a career? Well, I... I went into um, my another lady that is very special to me. I met when I was 17 years old. Um, her name is Geneva Wilson. She took me in. Uh, the, the day we met, her daughter took me home with her. Um, and the day we met, we fell in love with each other. It was just like that. Yeah. And so she they basically adopted me in, not legally, but they took me into their family and um she taught me um well introduced me to home health care. So at the age of seventeen I was working with um Roger Ebert's aunt and uncle. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Through her. Yeah. So that's what started that um path down home health care. And it ended up going for that was my niche because yeah. I was born a nurturer and a caregiver. Right. That's what I do well. So um, that ended up being over 20 plus years of home health care. You were just giving of Hospice. yourself, giving yourself, mm-hmm. giving yourself. Oh, yeah. Sac- sacrifice, self-sacrifice. Yeah. Completely to to a fault. Yeah, but say you 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 started having some health issues at that point. Yes, I did. Um, dealing with, um, I started having like some difficulties 
with my health, and I wasn't quite sure what was going on. So, um, and you're pretty young at this point too. So I'm that's young, what that's what's yeah. scary. So you realize it probably was stress because mm-hmm. you've been in. I wasn't taking care of myself. Right. I was taking care of everybody else. Right. So that's it. Came down to that, you know, to some things going on with myself. So I ended up uh, moving here, and my mom that adopted me, she actually moved back here in '05. So I eventually followed. But okay. before I followed, I went to Missouri to get closer with my sister. Yeah. And then um, I was there for about five years. And then I'm like, okay, enough is enough. I need to go where my mama is, you yeah. know. <laughs> so why did she choose Mississippi? Well, my mother is from here. She's from here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's from Mississippi. And so God put her in Champaign, Illinois, yeah. to meet me. This is what I feel. Exactly. And we met, and um, that was history. Like, so now we're here <laughs> and back in her home state. But my first time here in Mississippi, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I knew eventually I would move here if she did. Yeah. So I'm here now, and this is home for me. So you were having some health issues. You moved here. What did you do when you got here? Well, at first it was... Um, I was able to stay at home and work from home and then um, ended up, I didn't want to get on Facebook, couldn't stand it. I'm like, oh gosh, no Facebook, you know, and my parents had Facebook before I did. So they're like, okay, you need Facebook. See, that's what my kids say already. Yeah, Facebook's for old people. (laughs) Yeah. So I finally got on Facebook in 2015. And just so happened, I saw a competition for plus-size models. No kidding. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, I could be a plus-size model, really? You know, because at that time, I was plus-size. And so I entered into the con- competition and um, went through. I uh, got fir- uh, The first time, I didn't make it um, into the top ten. So in cycle two... Um, I made it into the top 10. I went back. Uh, I had some people behind me helping me out, and they pushed me through, and I made it into the top 10 and made it to the first runner-up. I think people need to understand, number one, what an incredible leap of faith and courage that was for you to even enter the first time. Right. Because, I mean, when you go through what you went through, generally your self-esteem is usually run over by a truck. It was. So to have the courage of putting yourself out there, people judging you by, you know, how you look, Mm -hmm. that's pretty scary in its own right. And then not to to scratch the first time. Right. Because your little voice in your head is probably saying, oh, I I knew I wasn't any good. Mm -hmm. But you had the courage to do it a second time. Yes. That right there is, I hope there's people listening right now that have had self-doubts because you obviously had the courage to be able to do that, and, and it paid off. It paid off. Yeah. And, and believe me, it was like pulling teeth, but I had some amazing people behind me pushing me really hard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Tell, tell, tell about that a little bit because it, that's important to have that. Well, I had um, my best friend at the time, uh, she really, w- she was instrumental in helping me. Yeah. Um, you know, she really pushed me and 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 um, encouraged me, and she wouldn't let me have a down day. You know, she's like, "No, you're doing this. We're gonna do it. You got it." You know, so I could not fail with her. You know, and I appreciate her because she started helped me on this path to to where I am today. If it wasn't for her pushing me at that time, the self doubt would have taken over, and I would not be here. I think. 
Yeah. So I really appreciate her and another um, a photographer in the Jackson area. Um, he helped and pushed me as well. Well, and I think one of the things that's really amazing about your career, and I'm just looking at all the long list of things that you started doing after you entered the country, mm-hmm. that you had a little moment that was really big, mm-hmm. and you didn't just sit there and bask in it. Mm-hmm. That's when you got busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. when you started hustling. What? Mm-hmm. When you said you had a very good friend, I mean, like, isn't it funny, though, how life sometimes throws people into your life and Mm -hmm. you look backwards and it makes Mm -hmm. all the sense in the world at the time. You don't, you don't, you're (laughs) just, you just feel like you're dog Mm -hmm, paddling, mm -hmm. but you, you started entering all these different shows, these Mm -hmm. fashion shows. So you, Mm -hmm. I mean, next to, next to Rita Brent, I think you probably have as much hustle as any human being (laughs) that I've come across. And, and I said it to Rita just because I'm scared of her, but, um, (laughs) So, but that said, I mean, you managed to do this and talk about that process. How did you find, you know, your friends helped you find these shows or how did you decide to start getting them? Well, it was, it was like fate. I mean, it, it, the ball just started rolling and my daughter, um, after the Curvy Idol competition, my daughter was invited to model for a uh, fundraising event with a church. Yeah. And, um, I went with a pra- went to her uh, practice with her one day, and the lady over the fundraiser, she, she was like, "Well, mom, you can model too." And I'm like, "Really?" So then that's where it started. Yeah. So we got involved with the um, industry, the uh, fashion industry, where my first encounter with Kay Marsh. Um, an amazing young man. Um, he's a model coach. Uh, him and uh, Miss Angel Lee, they train models. And so the ball just rolled and we went for casting calls, had no clue how to model walk or anything. Myself and my daughter, I drug her along with me, you know, to help promote her and to build her confidence. And so it helped both of us tremendously, like, uh, tremendously helped us. So we went to the first casting call and we couldn't walk a lick. And so <laughs> <laughs> then we made it into the show, though. we They gave us the opportunity, you know, and I'm so grateful for that. Every small victory, though, added to your confidence. Yes. That really was huge. Yes. So, I mean, what advice would you give to somebody right now that sitting at home saying, why should I even try? I would think you would probably tell them to try. Yes, try any any dream that you have that you want to do because this was a dream of mine since childhood that I was told I could not do. Who so, told you that? Who would tell you that? Well, the industry. Okay. I wasn't tall enough and I wasn't small enough at the time. I yeah. wasn't a size 2 and I knew at that point, you know, um uh I was 13 trying out for a modeling uh position and at that time they had uh, standards like mm. you had to be five seven and you had to be a certain size and I was neither. Right. So I'm like, okay, I'm not growing anymore and I'll never be a size two. So this isn't for me. So you just took a 20, I gave up. 20, 25, 26 <laughs> year vacation and then you just decided, <laughs> right. but the industry changed too. It did. Yeah. And we, it's ever changing and we want to help change it some more because society shouldn't say how you get to live your life. Exactly. Well, we're going to continue our conversation with a- April Bigham and also to bring in Mandy Bufkin in just a few minutes. I tell you what, this is an incredible story. I hope you're enjoying it. Of course, this is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio.
MPB listeners pay attention to quality. They look for quality in their work and their daily lives. If your business cares about quality customers, look to MPB. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting for more information. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. Hey, if you're just joining us, our guest today is foster care activist April Bingham. She's had an incredible life, an incredible story. I hope you've been listening so far, but of course she's back. And if you have any questions or comments to her or you can anything else, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can drop me an email at marshallmpbonline.org. April, you're doing great so far. I, I, let me guess. Um, I bet you do more than just modeling, don't you? Yes. That's what I thought. You do acting and <laughs> producing and you're all over the place. I, I get worn out just reading your resume. <laughs> it's like, but, you know, I don't know about you, but it's kind of like, well, I, yeah, I got to make hay while the sun shines. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm later, a little later in life and I've, I've gotten start late in life with my dreams. Right. Um, I've, I said that backwards. You know what I mean? Yes. So um, I am now trying to make up for lost time. You have a sense of urgency. Yes. That would be the good word for it. Mm -hmm. How many kids do you have now? I have four children. Awesome. Awesome. Mm -hmm. How old are they? They are. How old are they? Hmm. 28. I know. um, 27, 24, and 20. Those are all great ages. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, it's 29, 27. I got it. Okay. I don't feel so bad now because I do that too. They're like, I'm like, wait a minute, which one? I have to go like to the years they were born and do the math sometimes. It's like, okay. And, you know, and so they're like, you don't one, like me, two, three. So are they all here in town or are they all no, over the place? No, they're, they're spread all over the place. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're, you're modeling and then you were, you entered the, I love that. The curve, curvy, curvy idol. idol competition. What a great name for that! Mm-hmm. So, it was. and when you walked in the studio today, um, of course, like every good host, I do my research and looked mm-hmm. on Google and for pictures and everything, so I could recognize you when mm-hmm. you walked in the door. And um, you look a little different now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of different. A lot of different. <laughs> so you did lose a couple pounds. Um, altogether, I have lost seventy-five pounds. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So the modeling, um, not only it, it, it helped me build my self-esteem, it helped me to learn how to take care of myself. Right. And that is so important for us. So let me let me back up for a second. You just didn't lose weight just for the job. You lost. No. You, you just changed some habits in your life. Yes. And that's what caused the weight loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Due to, you know, some health things that were going on, I had to make some changes. Yeah. And I made life-altering decisions. No dessert, huh? <laughs> no, I I eat plenty of dessert okay. now. Okay, all right. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, when you go through, like, what you went through, a lot of times you self-medicate, mm-hmm. you know. And so mm-hmm. I, for a lot of people, hey, food, that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. And it'll, I, I mean, I don't know. I go all over. My, I, I, my tide is usually between 195, and I've gotten up to 250. So mm-hmm. I go back and forth mm-hmm. on it. So mm-hmm. I understand how that works. Well, I... I had to break up with food. I had to fall out of love with food. Yeah. And love myself. Right. So I had to um, eat to live, not live to eat. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. Well, you also do, you do acting. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen some of the videos. <laughs> um, we had Maximus Wright in on the show. Yes, he's amazing. He's good people. Mm-hmm. So, And you got to be the star of one of his shows. Yes, my name is Lola. Yeah, which is, the, I guess, the the prequel or the sequel to his first book. Mm-hmm. It, it's the prequel. Yeah, the prequel. And so it is dealing with trauma. Yeah. And that is, it was so... I I wanted to play that role so bad, and I was praying on it. I'm like, Lord, I want to do this, and it was just because I I understood Lola. Yeah, you know, I've, I've experienced some of the trauma that she faced, and so um, to play that role was amazing because I wanted to help tell a story that was not like mine, but similar you know, with dealing with trauma and help other people. Well, see, you never dreamed a million years ago when you started modeling and everything else that suddenly you'd be building a platform to help other people with this. I had no idea. Yeah. None. I always prayed and told God I wanted to be able to help others abundantly, put me in the position so that I can help others a a large Mm -hmm. amount of people, not just one or two at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that you know, and looking back, just tracking, even just what we've talked about on the show, it's like there are a lot of things that you probably wish didn't happen. And frankly, just hearing them, I wish they didn't happen to you. Yeah. But every part of your life has kind of led you up to this moment. Yeah, those blueprints. Yeah, I mean, you, here you're a personal care for 20-something years. Mm-hmm. So you're pretty good at taking care of people. I'm very good at it. Um, you know how important it is to for kids to have somebody that loves them. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of what you do. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of got you helping out with foster care. Yes, yes. We we need to raise, um, we need everyone to stand up and um, serve and love others and open your homes only if you can love children unconditionally. Right. I have to say that because a lot of homes are opened and they, they may not be ready to take on a foster child that's coming in with trauma and and things um, that they're dealing with that they may have experienced. So a lot of parents need help as well, not just the foster children, but the foster parents. So it's, it's a um, overall, the whole system needs to be uh, reworked and parents need um, therapy. The children need therapy. And we just, if you if you want to take in a child, just please, I'm, I'm begging you to please make sure that you're ready for what you're getting ready to um, accept in your home because they don't have a choice. They right. don't have a choice of what they've experienced. They don't they don't they don't know that they experience all these things and they may be acting a certain way and you don't understand it. Well, they're acting out that way because of what they've been through. So you have to be able to understand it as well and just love unconditionally. That you touched on something that's really important there. And, of course, I mean, I have to admit, I mean, I've struggled with my own children. So I, mm-hmm. I can imagine. But a lot of times when a child is acting out, like you said, mm-hmm. there is something much deeper there. So you as a parent or a foster parent, you can't just sit there and say, I'm really upset and angry mm-hmm. because this is happening. You mm-hmm. have to say, okay, we need to stop this, but we need to figure out what's causing it. What too. is causing it? Yeah. There is something there. Wow. That's happened. Something, whatever the act, whatever, whatever they're doing, something caused that um, 
uh, cause them to act that way. Well, tell us a little bit about how you got started on this journey, because, I mean, obviously, I know how you got to this point. But so you're, you're acting, you're modeling, you're doing a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you get involved? With, with Methodist Children's Home. That's which, right, because we're going to introduce Mandy Buffkin here. Yes. In the half. So we can bring her in right now if you want to. Com- oh, community, yes. en- com- community engagement manager, because I've noticed her head has been bobbing up and down a few <laughs> times for some things. Because We'll get her voice in on this, too. Um, at what point did you decide, you know what, I'm going to help? Well, um, I, I always wanted to help on a larger scale, and I wanted to mentor children, but I wasn't quite sure how to do that. Yeah. And so I prayed on it. And then eventually when the opportunity for me to use my platform of modeling and acting came yeah. about, um, I <clears throat> I had been praying for that all along. And so I when I had the opportunity to have a fashion show, um, I told God I needed a purpose. And so... Yeah, because you'd never put on a fashion show before. I'd never put on a fashion show. No. I knew I had no clue you, what I was doing. You've been in <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. No, it's not like... It, it worked out. <laughs> it, it's, but um, so a friend... I told... I was asking around about charities and mm-hmm. someone to donate the money, a uh, portion of the proceeds to. And a friend girl of mine told me about Methodist Children's Home. She's looking to foster and adopt children. And so I told her, let's go, let's go meet them, see what they're doing. So we went over there, and I boohooed through the whole meeting because I realized that I was one of those kids and one of those children. I don't like to use the word kids, but um, and so it started from there, and then it, it it was on. You know, it's like okay, we don't have much time. We need to, you know, I need to do this. I need to do that, and so it just became a a it. it a drive in me that I just had to, I w- woke up with it. I went to sleep with it. It's like, okay, I got to help. How do I help? You know? And so the only way I could think to do that is by volunteering and, you know, raising money with this benefit. You said it, it would cause you to be more driven, but I know a lot of times when you go through things as an adult, it's almost like that touch on things that you happened to you as a kid. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a boat prop going through a shallow lake. It stirs mm-hmm. up everything on the bottom mm-hmm. and everything oh, else. Man. So you were dealing with, I mean, you had great drive, but mm-hmm. you were probably dealing with some serious emotions oh, inside yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Cause you're looking at these kids going and it's just flashbacks. <laughs> yes. PTSD. Completely. Yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah. Uh, if you had trauma in your life, you have PTSD. Right. Which of course is like I said, it keeps you in fight or flight mm-hmm. the whole time. It keeps you going mm-hmm. everything else. Mandy, when you saw her walking through the door, did you just like, ah, welcome. <laughs> Y'all are probably glad to have her around. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, one of the things that I've been sitting and listening to April's story is it is every child that we uh, interact with that we serve. It's their stories. She's absolutely right. Hearing those things. It's just, I wish I could say it was only April's story, but yeah. every I've worked for the Methodist Children's Homes for four years. I was going to ask how I want to hear a little bit of your story too. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and so I've been there for four years and it's, I wish I could say these stories were few and far between, right. but that's not the case. Um, so those are exactly the type of situation that April was in of moving around a lot, having multiple placements, being in and out of foster homes, in and out of group homes, and really feeling rejected, feeling like nobody's there for you, nobody loves you, and not you were talking about having one person that cares about you. Right. So our motto is children first, family always. And so that's what we want to be as family always, that even if you leave the Methodist children's homes as a young person, 
you can still come home is what yeah. we say. Yeah. Um, so we have apartments on campus. So we have some kids that are, are young people, I should say, um, that are in college that are at Jackson State, that are at Heinz, um, that are all over the state. But dorms close and yeah. they don't have anywhere to go. They don't have family. They don't have parents. And that's one of my favorite things that we are able to do is to say, come back home and come. We have apartments available. We have homes on campus because when the dorms close and you literally have nowhere to go, and that's a huge issue in foster care is they become homeless because they don't have family to turn to when life hits. So that's one of our things that just gives me goosebumps all over and t- makes me tear up every time. Um, so that's, yeah, the, a little bit about the Methodist Children's Home. Mandy, how'd you get involved with them? Well, I came, I'd um, moved away and came back to Jackson. And honestly, at the time, I needed a job and I wanted somewhere that I believed in. And um, I applied and I was in human resources to begin with and was in that position. So I kind of been in a few different positions. And I think I found exactly where God wanted me to be in community engagement now. Excellent. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we'll continue our conversation with the courageous April Bigham and also, too, with Mandy Bufkin. And so I look forward to continuing the conversation. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. get to a radio? Well, don't worry. MPB Think and Music Radio are available online and on our MPB public media app. It's simple. Just log on to our website at mpbonline.org to get started. This is MPB Think Radio. Have you been in this situation? You're listening to a great story on Think Radio in your vehicle, but now it's time to go inside. You want to keep listening, but you're ready to move on. What can you do? Pull up the MPB Public Media app on your phone while you're in the car. You can continue listening to that great MPB local show and not miss a moment. Search for the MPB Public Media app in your app store. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Kudos to Michelle for picking out the greatest bumper music in the history of man. We are the champions, and we definitely have a champion of young children everywhere. We, of course, got in the incredibly amazing foster care activist model. Producer April Bigham is in the studio, and also joining her, of course, is the community engagement manager for Methodist Children's Homes, Mandy Bufkin. All right, we've got the big event coming up on Saturday, May 11th, 6 p.m. until. I like that until. It sounds like it's going to be a throwdown and a party. Tell us a little bit about it, how it all started, and, and um, 
and tell it. Well, just get of all the details. Okay, so Saturday, 6 p.m., we have our second annual benefit and exclusive soiree and fashion show at Soiree Event Venue 232 West P Street in downtown Canton. Um, the evening will start at 6 p.m. sharp. Um, we have Miss Pamela Confer as our host. Oh, like I said before, Pam, come on. She's so shy. <laughs> no, Pam's wonderful. She's, yes, she is. She's been on the show, too, and I've been a longtime friend. So, so you're going to have a great evening, I can tell, just from yes, right, right there. Yes, And we have Carrie Thomas. He's going to perform live during the uh, white carpet VIP hour, cocktail hour, excuse me. And we have... Um, Ms. Award-winning music artist Tiffany Coleman. She mm -hmm. will be our guest speaker for the night. And, well, one of them. And we also have Ms. Comedian, uh, excuse me, comedian Nikki Coleman as our, she's going to be our comic relief for the night because there will probably be a few Some serious emotions. moments. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, Johnny Tease has sponsored us with dinner for the evening. And Cathead has sponsored sponsored us with drinks. <laughs> that's, that's one thing about Mississippi too, and it's like if you're doing something and you, mm -hmm. and people realize that oh you're filling a need, man, they'll jump mm -hmm. up and help you right away. Oh man! And of course, Methodist Children's Home is is uh, partnering with you on that too, right? Yes, they they will be there to speak. Yeah. Um, and talk about the children and what they need. You can make Mandy speak. <laughs> yep, if she wants to. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting to uh, walk the runway. You might see yes. me get out there. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Yes. You're going to give her some coaching? Yeah. I'm we, ready. I, got I, I did that one time for, for, for the Diabetes Foundation. I was in the fashion show, and the clothes are really nice on me, but it was me wearing it. So it's like, oh, that was, that was the most terrifying 35 seconds of my life. I don't know how you do it. So... <clears throat> okay, so it's second annual, which means that there was a first one, mm -hmm. which means it must have succeeded. It did. But you had to figure out how to do it in the first place. How do you right. How do you wake up one day and say, I'm going to throw a fashion show? Well, I mean, do you, you do you Google it, or how do you find <laughs> out what to do? No, I was I had someone very dear to me and close to me told me, like, you know what? You've been in so many fashion shows. You need to have your own. And you can do it. And I'm like, yeah, but I can't do it without a purpose. You know, right. I can't just have a fashion show just to have one. So that's how it all came about. And yeah. so por a portion of the proceeds obviously go to help. Methodist Children's right. Home. Mm -hmm. a, a portion will go to the foster care side. And then a portion will go to the um, uh, the orphanage Oh, yeah. side of yeah, the camp yeah. for the campus life yeah, yeah. so we yeah. mm -hmm. have our kids that live on campus mm -hmm. and then to help uh send them to events and to go mm -hmm. to fun things we right. actually have a, a donor that's sending them to pepsi pops this weekend oh, so cool. we're excited about that yeah. but one of the things i love about this uh fashion show is one it's not just a fashion show it's mm -hmm. aptly entitled or titled soiree because yeah. it's mm -hmm. not just Come oh. watch people. You mm -hmm. get dinner. You get drinks. There's a comedian. There's mm -hmm. musicians and yeah. a fashion show. And, and you get to get all show. dressed up. It's black tie. Mm -hmm. So what a better way to spend your evening. Not only do you get to have fun, but mm -hmm. you also get to uh, give towards children that That's need right. your help. 
Mm-hmm. I love that, that you send kids out to events and let them be kids. Yes, that's one of the things that we want most is for them to have those experiences that when they look back on their childhood mm-hmm. and their uh, those teen joyful years, experiences. yes, it's mm-hmm. not just, oh, I was in a group home, but, mm-hmm. oh, I got, we had, I guess it was two weekends ago, we had a prom, prom. for them. A yeah. prom? Yeah. Oh, it wow. was amazing. Yeah. It was great. We had a ton of people that came together to make it happen. Yes. But we had a prom because a lot of times, um, April touched on how they you move around a lot as a foster child. Right. So you might not be in school when senior, junior year, or a, mm-hmm. in a place yeah. where you can get a dress or a tux or whatever. So this mm-hmm. was, all of our kids were able to go to prom and we had dinner and had photographers come out yes. and they got all dressed up and it was great. It was a great event. Oh, that is fun. Mm-hmm. That is fun. It, it definitely was. Everybody was beautiful. Well, of course. I had, I had the experience. I got to go. Did you get to go to prom when you were growing up? Uh, I went to prom, but not my own. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not your yeah. own? Mm-hmm. Well, you just walked not into one and they said, oh, no, who are you? No, I was invited to go to one. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. But I thought you just like, yeah, I, prom crasher. I was 30, <laughs> I was 30 <laughs> and I just walked in. <laughs> Right. Like, who's that lady? Well, well I'm, I'm in my 40s, and I, I just walked into a prom, you know, Methodist Children's Home prom. Oh, we yeah. having her there. <laughs> oh, they were like, hey, well, who's the rock star here? Right now. <laughs> so what's next for you, April? Oh, man, we I've got some things coming up um, in the future, um, some good things. And I'm looking for this to grow, this uh, benefit, and we want people to get involved um, so that, you know, we if everybody comes together and serves, then we can get a lot done in our communities. I've, I've always said that. You can't change the world individually, but if you change the world around you and if everybody mm-hmm. did that, guess mm-hmm. what? That would change the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, very good. We'll throw out a website real quick so that folks can find out more and and. and you know. So you can find us on um, April Bigham Presents. That's our event pages on Facebook and Instagram. And you can also follow me on Facebook at April Bigham and Instagram at April Bigham. Okay. And be exhausted because you're you're everywhere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, good grief. Uh, mm-hmm. Mandy, any last thoughts? Yeah, and you can purchase tickets on Eventbrite. On That's Eventbrite. where you can That's find right. to purchase okay. tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can call the Methodist Children's Homes as well, and we can help get you tickets. And how much are tickets? Tickets are $50. Hey, that's a bargain. Exactly. <laughs> well, I want to thank, definitely. Well, that wraps us up today. I want to thank our guest, April Bigham, of course. Mandy, too, for coming in, um, telling a great story today and helping shed on light on the nation's welfare system. And if you missed part of the show, one of your past episodes, you can listen to us on our podcast at mpbonline.org slash now you're talking. Now you're talking is a production of MPB Think Radio and it's produced by the incredible Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit with Dr. Josie Bidwell and join us next week for more Now You're Talking here at 10 a.m. only on MPB Think Radio. Y'all have a great week. Existing and start living.